0: There is only one you, and that is your superpower. You can't add that up. However, you can get stuck. That's why I created this space called Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons. Unstuck Yourself is about figuring out what has you feeling frustrated, isolated, or depleted of energy so that you're able to unstuck yourself on your journey through life when you don't know how to move forward. Unstuck yourself in your career that no longer excites and challenges you unstuck yourself with negative thoughts that seem to be doing cartwheels in your head consistently i don't have the answers you do you always have i'm providing the time space and grace for you to reconnect to that knowing i'm crystal simmons coach speaker and facilitator and i'm grateful you made it here let's begin to unstuck yourself Hey, hey, peeps, it's me, Crystal, your favorite mindset coach, working with peeps, moving out of a place of feeling stuck and overwhelmed by identifying mindset blocks in order to shift their energy into more of a creative and solution-based outcome so they can experience peace and fulfillment in their everyday lives. As life keeps lifing, Crystal AAAs make you aware of what is and isn't working to uncover your ability to create clarity, to take action. I'm so excited. Mm -mm -mm. Today is another one interview episode. And this time is with a super dope peep who is a former employee that stole my heart from being so direct and honest from day one of meeting her at the hospital I worked at. Her name is Kathleen Eaton, and she is currently working as the primary directive at a major local hospital to ensure her and her team sees patients with the right provider at the right time, at the right location to meet their patients' needs. Their goal is to eliminate any barriers that their patients receive in order for them to receive special Care In her free time, which she laughed at that when I asked, she is currently in the Executive MBA program at VCU and will graduate this semester. Whoop, whoop. I can't wait for you to hear more from Kathleen. So listen up now. Kathleen, internet, computers, they suck. Hopefully my computer isn't so loud, but it sounds like a plane is flying overhead. So yeah, that's fun.
1: I don't hear any of that. So Okay.
0: I'm hoping that the, the <laughs> mic won't pick it up, but we'll we'll yeah. see. And I could try to edit it out. But thank you for being here. I um I'm so happy we got to do this because one, for a lot of people who don't know you, but there are people I think that do know you because we worked in the same space. Uh I met Kathleen in uh I'm not gonna say the hospital, but we worked in a hospital together. <laughs> I don't want a bad mouth. Anyways. Yeah. and
1: I love We'll this keep conversation. that between us.
0: Yes, yes. That'll be our little secret. And for those who know, no. And that's cool too. Yeah. But um, I want us to talk about our journey of us first meeting each other and then our journey separate from like me leaving and then you doing your thing and then us reconnecting. So for those who don't know you, Kathleen, how would you like to describe yourself and give all the accolades, all the wins?
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I have been asked so many times to describe myself or like intro myself. And every time I'm just like ah, I don't know man. <laughs> I work in healthcare obviously and that journey for me started in radiology growing up I you know kind of was always told like you go to college and you get a job and you buy a house and that's what you do right and so I had no idea what to go to college for right like at 16 17 years old when you're trying to decide on a college who knows what you want to do let's be honest and And a girlfriend of mine in high school was like, I want to be an x-ray tech. And I was like, you want to be a what? (laughs) And um, so me being like the type A individual that I am, I'm like, all right, well, let's do research, right? I do all this research for her, put all this stuff together. And then she's like, you know what, man, this is not what I thought it was. And I'm like, okay, well, I think it's legit. Like, I'm going to do this if you're not. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I was always like interested in photography and um, I'm a little nosy. The combination of my <laughs> photography and getting to be a little bit nosy was like really appealing to me. I graduated in 2014 with my bachelor's and went straight into working in CT. I worked in that space for like seven years. And then I was a supervisor of like a, a file room and I did that for two years and now I'm in the ambulatory environment and ambulatory scheduling. I got a really awesome opportunity to pivot and I got a really awesome opportunity where someone said to me, look, I don't know what this job is going to be, but I think that we mesh really well together and I want you to be my partner in crime. And I just kind of latched onto that and and it's really grown and it's it's really awesome. On a personal note, I'm married, I have two dogs, just trying to keep it all together. I'm in school, I'm getting my master's, you know, just trying to keep the wheels on the bus, so to speak.
0: Wheels on <laughs> the bus go round and round, round exactly. and round. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so happy you shared all of that because I didn't know a lot of it. With you researching for somebody else, that's dope. Because yeah. <laughs> my story was, um, I knew I wanted to, as women, we typically say, hey, I want to help people or even men too. But as humans, we're like, I want to help. I want to help. And while that is noble and it's commendable, it's also like, "But well, what do you want to do? You mentioned, who knows what we want to do? I barely know what I want to eat tomorrow. And you're like, what <laughs> do you want to do for the <laughs> rest of your life? Like. like <laughs> how
1: how many times have we had that argument with our husbands what do you want to eat for dinner right like
0: (laughs) it is the worst game you know somebody should create a app of what do you want to eat like it's just it's too many decisions well that's actually a good point i feel like that's what life has become so many multiple decisions things get more complicated but the fact that you did research shows your intelligence of well, what does this entail? Because my mom brought it to my attention. Oh, you said you want to work in the hospital. You want to be a doctor. You want to be a nurse. And I'm like, I don't want to be a doctor. Like, I go to school forever. Again, I, I mentioned that in the podcast before with someone was like, oh my God, you'll be in school forever. But none of them were doctors, Kathleen. Right. <laughs> don't take advice from people who are not where you want to be.
1: I love that so much. Like, I listened to that and you said it. And I'm like, you know, that is truth, right? How many times do we accept advice or accept judgment from people that have literally no idea what that space is like
0: none but have a whole paragraph essay of you don't want to do that because you know what they say who the f are they who are they right you shared that because it's a different lens. For me, my mom was like, well, there's a lady I work with her daughter's an x-ray tech. And I'm like, what's that? And she was like, they take x-rays, like bones. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Still more curious. I get to see like the bones. But then, you know, when you go to x-ray school, it's way more than bones.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and I think what appealed to me as well is right. Like it was a short interaction, you know, I I mean, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> like that sounds terrible but it, it is the god's honest truth right like i'm not stuck with this same person for 12 hours <laughs> because of the nurse you are and you don't have a choice right and and you're stuck with the same person for 12 hours sometimes for like weeks on end and it, and, and that thought just didn't that didn't pan for me
0: it's so crazy you're saying that because i had the same thought my thought was based on fear do you know what your thought was based on of not staying stuck with the patient for an extended period of time?
1: I mean, at the time, I was really poor at communication. I was poor at mm. relationships. I was poor at interacting with others. I didn't want to be around other people. <laughs> so the shorter that interaction could be was the better, right? And and ultimately, I think for me, that came from a place of lack of emotional intelligence, right? Like lack of connection, lack of understanding how to make a connection. I didn't understand my own feelings. So how, how could I take on someone else?
0: Well, wow, that is huge because, you, again, we're in the same space, but we have different perspectives. But I think the end result is the same because... Yours was a lack of communication or connection with other people and you wanted to limit that because if I don't feel like I have that strength, I don't want people to see that. Let's make this shit short. So you don't pick up on, I'm just trying to figure this out. Mine was, I was fearful of people dying on me. So it was the fear of disconnection, of I'm caring for you, I'm caring for you. Oh no. But both of those are still kind of based on an unknown where did you actually know you couldn't be in a room with someone for an extended period of time? Like, Were you in practice with that? And then you're like, ooh, I don't like this feeling.
1: I think at the time it was all unconscious. I think at the time, I I, I didn't know who I was, but I didn't know that I didn't know who I was. Does yeah, that make sense? It right? does, yeah. And, and I had, in my opinion, created these sort of iterative versions of myself based on who I was around, right? And ultimately, I didn't want anyone to know that I cared. Like my MO and my baseline was um, I'm cold-hearted that I would say whatever I wanted to because I didn't care. When in reality, I cared so freaking much. I cared to the nth degree. Everything I did was because I cared, but I put on this persona of not giving a shit, basically. Um, because I thought that it was safer that way yeah I I, I don't think I realized that
0: yeah when do you think you realized that for yourself
1: my husband basically one day a situation happened when we were in public and we got in the car and he looked at me and he said you know you say all these things and you say that you want to get married and you say you want to build this life with me and he's like but your actions are not indicative of that and he was like so if that's what you really want you need to go to therapy and you need to get your shit together it took a person that I felt like was everything to me to say that for me to then flip the script and look at myself. Because up until that point in my life, everything was everyone else's fault. Everything was, you know, woe is me, I am the victim. All these external things are happening to me. And and don't get me wrong, like there's, you know, it's life, there's trauma in my story, but at the same time, so many of these things were, were caused by my own chaos. <laughs>
0: And isn't that like the hardest to share? Like, thank you for sharing that because shout out to the husband. Shout out to the people who see us and know us. I know the saying is better than we know ourselves, but I think what that meaning is, like you mentioned, you weren't conscious of your actions. It's almost like when you you're working out you're eating well, you're drinking more water, these intensive exercises or workouts, whatever. And then people see you and like, oh my God, you look great. And you're like, really? Because you see yourself every day. And it's like, right. I don't see change. I don't see it. I don't. But everybody else sees it. We really can't see ourselves from the same lens we were coming from. We have to see ourselves in a different lens. So oh, he 100%. actually vocalize that to you. I see myself being married to you, Kathleen, but this shit ain't it. So right. I don't know what the shit needs to be, but this ain't it. And it's like, got it. <laughs> right.
1: And and at that point we've been together for like five years. And you know, he kind of said to me, Some of these things were an issue when we first started dating. I just thought that you would like grow up. And that stung, right? Like <laughs> that <laughs> at my core, I was like, bruh like what did you say to me (laughs) like like, kick a curl while she's down damn right and like but I think hearing that in a safe space is so so different because you and I also have the unique connection of your father-in-law like at work your father-in-law would be like girl you're crazy you need meds and I'd be like whatever you're the grumpy old man like what bruh like come at me like you know what i i need bed you need a cigarette who who are you talking to sir but it was it
0: was true Some people don't know. Yes, my father-in-law, he's also an expert. My mother-in-law is also an expert. My sister is also an expert. So it's it's a small community. Yeah. like And Kathleen actually worked with my father-in-law. And then she came to the hospital I worked at. Her and I share that connection. But yeah, he is a straight shooter, but it's almost the same like you were mentioning with that tough exterior. And I don't know if just most people have it, but he definitely has it, but he's a softie. Oh, 100%. 100%. And people would say the same thing about me. Crystal, you always speak your mind. And just like you mentioned, Kathleen, you're just like, I say what I, what I mean. I'm direct, tough. I mentioned also in another episode that I remember taking on a little bit of that toughness just because growing up, I was perceived as the weak one. Because I was loving, and this is the first time I'm saying it out loud, um but even my sisters, I don't even know if they know how strong I am in a sense of not like I'm a beast of my, but like no, 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 I'm not taking this, so we need to sit down, we need to have a conversation, and I have questions to ask. that's strength to me in the sense of i don't I don't have to put it on the front no longer, but acknowledging my true power and my true ability to handle shit. And it doesn't have to be this tough exterior or this wall. What can you say about, you mentioned creating a safe space that your fiance, but husband now was able to create for you and him. Were there any similarities in the safe space with him and me and you at the hospital that we worked at? I don't know if it wasn't.
1: (laughs) To to be honest, I I think no. Right. Like, my husband and I met each other when we were, frankly, at like one of the worst spots in our lives. He was not in school. He was working at a restaurant. I was in school full time. I had just gotten out of a really abusive relationship. Um, I had three jobs. I was living my best life. Of um, course, <laughs> such a joke. And um, <laughs> I, you know, we in a lot of ways grew up together, right? We fostered our own environment. We both told each other all of the things in our past that had made us the people that we were today, and I think seeing that and altering your actions based on that history is huge, right? Like saying, "I see you and I see that this is a trigger for you and I'm not going to poke at that." Understanding that history and understanding those wounds and and getting getting to really know a person for who they are, which was like the first time I'd ever had that. Because in the beginning, we were just friends. And and I think that that was a huge difference for me too, right? I had never fostered a relationship out of a friendship. Um, and I think at it, the core of our relationship, we're, we're best friends. And that's why we work. And that's why that safe space is there. Whereas I think at work, our relationship, to be honest, and I don't think I've ever told you this, but... For me, our relationship came from a place of envy. At the time, I wanted to be you. you. You dressed the way I thought someone in that position should dress. You carried yourself in a manner in which I aspired to carry myself. You were a communicator, and it's, at the end of the day, I knew that you gave a shit, which in a healthcare environment is rare. And I knew that you were doing what you could. I think I was also one of the only people that could recognize that it was beyond your control, right? Like the the things that went down in our circumstance were not your situations to carry or to control. And it was very obvious to me, right? And so then I think for me, it was the fact that I was envious of you in, in a way that I knew that you cared. And there was something about that that allowed me to be truthful does that make sense
0: it does and you have not told me that being in that role was hard um i knew i wanted to show up and showing up is not just it is dressing the part because that's what made me feel good like if i wore frumpy clothes my you know what i mean like if i had my hair just whatever (laughs) It's that energy of just like, uh, kind of like everybody in sweatpants for quarantine. Like we're chilling at home. It's like, uh, and then you're like, I got to like wear real clothes. It's a mind shift. Like look
1: at me right now. I still got a sweatshirt on. I like your
0: sweatshirt. It's cute. Like, but there's a difference. You, you still are not, you're still put together. Like, Being put together doesn't mean you have to wear a certain amount of makeup, or you have to wear this type of clothes. You wear what makes you feel comfortable. And in that role, I felt comfortable wearing like a blazer. I felt comfortable wearing flats. I'm not wearing heels. I'm already tall. I'm not hurting my feet. No. Um, But thank you for sharing that perspective because I didn't know that. And I appreciate hearing that. And when I put in my notice, a couple more people told me what you said like crystal you you tried your hardest and that was something i didn't know i needed much like so when everybody knows if you listen to the previous episodes i left corporate in like two two and a half years ago it would be three in may of 2022 and i said to myself, like just I need to do something different. So I started my coaching business the beginning of 2021, like in March, because I was like, I want to share my experiences, but create a business that provide a solution for people like me when I was in that corporate position. Uh, what the F do I do now? And it's not therapy, but it can be therapeutic to have someone in your corner who basically just. Scoops you up and be like, I see you. Yeah, you want to do this weird thing that everybody else thinks is weird, but you are passionate about, let's do it. How do we do that? But honors your voice so that you can get that that time, that that peace. It is more money, whatever it is, that's what I work with. But I'm saying this because Kathleen hit me up in my DMs <laughs> as I was starting that practice of just being more intentional with my messaging on Instagram whether that's videos, posting, empowering stories, or just quotes. I didn't even know Kathleen was even on Instagram and she was active, but she ended up sliding into my DMs and was like, I love what you're posting. I appreciate it. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> And so just like you shared that story with me of you were envious of that role. That role, like I hated that role because of, how people looked at me and your supervisor i'm gonna say her name well they might know where she works anyways at that <laughs> hospital work shout out to you you know who you are i love you i thank you so much like probably one of the hardest working radiology departments which i fought hard for because i saw how hard they worked i appreciate you sharing that but kathleen i looked up to you because you were about your shit like you mentioned, you work in three jobs. That doesn't surprise me. You were a hard worker and you wanted things organized and you implemented organization and you were a team player. You weren't one of these people who worked hard but then hated everybody in the department. That was never you. Yeah. I mean, you might have your select few. Like, we're all human. <laughs> like, we have our select few. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I think it's funny that you mention it in that way right? That I implemented organization and I implemented like standards, right? And it's funny that you say that because in my mind, I did that because things, people weren't doing things the way that I thought were effective. (laughs) Like for me, that, that came from a point, a place of annoyance, right? Like, what are you doing? Right? Like if I ask you to do something once and you don't do it, I'm gonna go do it myself. (laughs) Like I, and, and that is just me as a person. Bless my husband because The amount of times I hear I was going to do it, (laughs) you know, that's, that's a battle. I still fight. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it goes back to, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? You know what I mean? I learned that early because I remember saying like, I want you to want to wash the dishes. He was like, I'll do it, but I'm not going to want to do that shit. Like, I'm just not. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And it took me some long time to realize, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Meaning, do I want the dishes washed, whatever way that looks like for him, or do I want to wash them? I'm tired of washing the effing dishes. So, you take it. <laughs> Realizing that, like, my way is not the only way way and it's not the right way right
1: and and where on the flip side i've learned right to manage my own expectations so then i say i need you to do a b and c i would like them done in this order and this is what i want them done by and then i let it go right because if not i'm gonna start hopping in and doing things yeah (laughs) when i need to take a break yeah right like i i have a full-time job. I am in school full time. Until I started school full time, I still had two jobs. And in one of them, I was a supervisor. (laughs) Like, so when I get that time, I have to take it. And then I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't delegate. I wouldn't ask for help. I didn't know how to ask for help. First of all, I still don't know how to ask for help sometimes, but I would say, hey, I need you to do this. And then it wouldn't happen in the way I thought it should or the way I thought it should look like. And then I would just take it upon myself to do it. And I would have the biggest chip on my shoulder the whole time. And now we're all not happy. Yes. (laughs) Now we're all angry.
0: (laughs) And it's funny you say that because me and my husband, we still talk about this to this day. But it would be other things like, I don't like cleaning. I now value time way more than a lot of things. And as I get older, I don't know if that's something to be taught or to be experienced, but I feel like I went through both of, yeah, I'll clean, like sweep here, I'll wipe down. But doing a deep clean, me and my husband's like, we don't want to do that. I'd rather have somebody come in and do that. It could be therapeutic, but for me, cooking is therapeutic um, because I get to eat. (sighs) So I like cooking when I want to cook and I'll cook when I don't sometimes, but we'll go back and forth. Like I told him before we got married, I'm not cooking every day. We both work full time. I'm not doing that. We will go back and forth. We'll pick meals together. Like one week he'll have three meals he'll pick. And then the next week I'll have three meals and we cook back and forth. We'll cook with each other. But it's funny how you say you have your list of this is what i need done what does it look like if you ask are you able to do this and they're like no
1: like I mean, that's real too but i think that um right now in our circumstance it's well known that like that's what i need and he's like give me a list tell me what to do right oh, that's, okay that's good, something good. That, like there's a there was a agreement conversation yeah but before there was just a list slapped on the table okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there, was a, there, there was a baseline like dude you're um you're crying in the corner of the kitchen so like you know there was there was a baseline like someone's got to give so i need you to tell me what i need to do to make this not be what this is
0: <laughs> oh i love it yeah, and that, that that is huge that is huge recognizing because there are so many and I would bet most women who are listening to this is like, yo, I have a hard time because they're not gonna do it right, they're not gonna But the question I keep hearing because I listened to this book, uh, Professional Troublemaker by Lovey Jones, she said her therapist asked her, Do you feel you're not worthy of receiving help? Because there is no other option. Like you mentioned, you're crying in the corner. Like, is this the the outcome you want? What is that? And right. that could be a hard pill to swallow.
1: It's a big-ass pill.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is a really big pill. Because you're so right. You know, and it, it goes back to, to being a kid, right? I always did everything myself. I packed my own lunch. I got my mom up, right? Like, <laughs> I... I felt like that was my job, and that carries over into a wide array of things. And just you know, you you dig that hole, and it's like, is this a hill you really want to die on?
0: Yes. Mm. And you mentioned before when you were at the hospital, you saw no one else was doing, and you're like, well, damn it, I got to do it all. But that's what you did as a kid. You're like, people should be doing stuff. Then I'll do it all. Right. I literally just thought about this. A couple of weeks ago where i told my husband i was like i'm just picking up shit that nobody's dropping off for me to carry why am i doing and i'm getting resentful and upset like why won't y'all do this why can't you no one asked for my help no one asked for your help kathleen right and that was the biggest oh shit i'm creating this for myself
1: yeah or something my husband says all the time which to be honest infuriates me to my core and um we're not gonna tell him i said this but he's right and it's so annoying he says all the time why are you fighting with yourself oh you uh, no we are fighting we are fighting <laughs> i'm fighting with <gasps> you but <laughs> he says that he'll say why are you fighting with yourself you've created this whole narrative up here and it's like mm.
0: So what was your answer to that? Do you have an answer?
1: Oh, I don't have an answer to that. I've been trying to come up with an answer for that for eight years. (laughs) So
0: I have an answer. I'm now in this uh, coaching certification program, which I love. And it's called Core Energy Leadership and it's focused on the person and what holds us back from what's already in us whether that's limiting beliefs which is a little different than what we hear but it's based off of what people have told us we are Crystal, you're the good one you're the nice one like literally i wanted to do regular teenage girl stuff and my sisters would say well you're the good one what is wrong with having sex Now I'm bad because I want to have sex. Like, what is happening? Or it's so, I say that because I know other people feel it and I don't want them to feel alone. Like, this reason we're here is to bring about connection. You're not alone. The big things that keep us from doing whatever we want to do is the gremlins or your ego. And that's what we fight with. So I fight with the, the good one. I called my gremlin, my ego, the good one. The good one would do everything for everybody. The good one, one asked to be paid for her services in a connection with an organization like, oh, I just want to help. I just want to, I thank God. I had a meeting earlier last week and I, this was the first time I said, I do want to help, but I also want to be paid for my services. And if that includes one-on-one coaching, that'll be more expensive. If that's group coaching, it'll be less expensive because you have multiple people. So the the cost could be split up. But I know the value of my work. And before, it's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And you're a woman? No. We help. We help. We help. We're here to help. Anybody needs stuff, we should be able to give it to them. I don't want to. I am tired. Now I'm resentful to a person that didn't. (laughs) <laughs> Ma'am, we did not ask for you. You don't have the answers. like, And that's why I said in the beginning, like, each of us have what we need inside of us. But sometimes we get overlooked or covered up by experiences what other people have told us we need to be, we should be. And sometimes they're right. Like your husband, he was speaking to the true you. That's why it resonated. And you're like, mm-hmm. And that frustration is the other part. That's the ego. It's not bad but it's there to protect us, but it doesn't really recognize threats. So that's why we're fighting. We continue to fight with ourselves, much like when we fight with other people, we create this this war. Like I had done a poll asking people, how do you initiate difficult conversations? And some of them were like, oh, I don't. Mm -mm." Or they'll say, oh, I pick my battles. And it kept coming up. I kept feeling this me versus you, me versus you, or me versus them. it's like, oh, we're missing the point. This is about supposed to bring us together. It's not supposed to bring light to, yeah, Kathleen, you were wrong. And this is how you were wrong. Let me tell you. So okay. you did this, you did that. It's like, what am I not doing that you needed me to do? Like your husband saying, I need a list. Don't just tell me, go to the store and buy groceries. What the fuck am I buying? What do you Correct. want? Right, like, like,
1: like and, and I, I love that too, because he's like, I mean, there's a lot of different brands. Can you give me a picture? And I'm like, I will make you a Kroger quick list, boo. Like, I got you.
0: Teamwork. (laughs) Teamwork. (laughs) Connections. Kathleen, what you did was y'all both empowered each other. He asked for what he needed and you fucking gave it to him. And,
1: and like, I, I think for me and, like, it makes me, like, emotional to think about, right? But, like, I didn't know that I could ask for what I needed. I didn't know that was an option. Yes, right. Like,
0: let's sit. In I that. didn't know
1: that that was a thing. <laughs> let's sit, in,
0: listeners. Did you know you can ask for what you need and what you want? Because those are two different things, but you could have both, and it makes me emotional too because there's so many dope ass people out there that don't even know how dope they are. Because they keep this this shield up, thinking they're protecting themselves, thinking they're keeping the bad out, but they're keeping all the good out, too. All the connections, the love, the support. And again, the simple example of y'all needing groceries that I just made up. You need to eat. You having that conversation, like, can you go to the store? Look, I don't know what she wants. He could have been in his head, like, oh, I don't want to go to the grocery store because I never picked the right thing. And then she gets mad at me. I can't do anything right. I'm making all of this up. But those are the stories that we tend to tell ourselves instead of saying, yo, I don't know what to get. That's vulnerability. And even if it's going to a damn grocery store, that's still you showing vulnerability of, I don't know. It is so simple. We make it so hard. And it's the same for our jobs of, hey, I don't want to work 50 hours a week. I don't want want to to work 60 hours (laughs) a week. And people might look at you crazy, but take that as information. Oh, so I said I don't want to do this. They're still making me do this. I don't, I clearly don't want to do this. Let's have a conversation. And the conversation is not, again, to pit you against the other person. It's about connection. Are we on the same page? Can we get on the same page? Are you willing to meet me in the same damn book? If not, right. <laughs> you have an option of, hey, I'm gonna look for another job. Hey, maybe I'll work with someone and maybe I'll do something totally different. Like me being an x-ray and becoming a coach was never a part of the plan, but the journey was beautiful. Like it, right. I, ugh, universe, God, all the energies. Like, I could not have pictured all of this. There's no way my imagination would have taken me there. My faith, and also recognizing my inner compass, my inner voice, and my intuition of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to feel bad walking into work every single day, crying when I get home. Now, I'm starting to get kind of resentful and mean and kind of pretty negative. Like, Kathleen. Tell me how you got from when we were working together to where you are now. Like, where did you get stuck in between?
1: And that is such a loaded question, right? (laughs) So (laughs) So when we first met, I had gone from one hospital to another hospital. The first hospital I worked at was all I knew. That hospital was very cold. That hospital was very, you're a young white girl. That hospital was very sit down, shut up. And I saw a lot of things there that impacted me in much larger ways than I think I realized. And I think that I learned there that you do your job, you shut up, you sit down and you leave. And I came to your hospital where people were asking me about my life people expecting me to ask them about their life. I'm like, can you give the damn meds? Like, (laughs) in my mind, I'm like, I don't care about your grandkid, dude. In my mind, I'm like, why do you care anything about me? Do your job and get out of my way. And I think for me, it was so confusing, (laughs) right? Like I had gone from, the apocalypse to, to like, <laughs> like we sing in the song of Jesus. And I was like, the what? How did we get here? No one gave me a path to go from eight, like what? <laughs> this came from the depths of hell. And now we're talking about singing to Jesus. I was so confused and I didn't understand. Right. And that old environment really allowed me to continue into habits and behaviors and thought processes that were not serving me and I think ultimately it came down to a point of me sitting with my therapist once a week sometimes twice a week if it was a bad one (laughs) let's be real you know her saying to me what about this is serving you I'm sorry but every single person I don't care how old you are That is a question you should be asking yourself. What are you getting out of this behavior? How is this serving you? And at one point, my therapist said to me, Kathleen, we can sit and we can talk. And I don't care. You're paying me. You know, she said this to me. She said, you're paying me. And we can sit here and you can pay me for as long as you want. But if you continue with these behaviors, nothing is going to change. And. I came home and I looked at my husband and I said, I think my therapist called me a shitty person today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I have feelings, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I don't know what they are yet. Um, but we're going to marinate on that for a little bit. <laughs> and to be honest, I sat on that for like a year and a half. I sat on that for a good and long time. Because here's the other thing. You can't expect change if you're not willing to do the work. You can't expect change if you are not if you don't have the mental capacity to actually change. And you can't expect a change unless you are ready. And and what ready is looks so different to so many people. Being ready was so many different things. That involved me stop drinking. And that is unique to me but I think that it's an important piece of my puzzle. I didn't want to have feelings. I didn't want to think about feelings. I (laughs) didn't understand feelings. And I used alcohol as a way to, you know, just shove it all down. And I thought that I was good at compartmentalization. And I thought that's why I was good at my job, right? Because I was organized and I could compartmentalize things and, you know, I could do CPR and then put an IV in a baby, and I could be two completely different people in the span of 30 minutes. And I thought that was a strength. That's not a strength. That is, that is trauma. That is pain. That is not processing. I realized one day in therapy that you know, I was holding on to a death that happened in, in middle school because you never process it. You're, you, know, you don't get taught how to deal with these things. And that's not my parents' fault. They didn't know how to deal with it either. I think for me, it was really shedding all of those layers and looking at the root of the issue. What is actually happening here? And and I think for me, it was, I had never taken the time to figure out who I was. I didn't know who I was. So I created these versions and these iterations from other people, from other situations. And and ultimately, it came from a place of fear and it came from a place of pain. And, and I was sad. and. I didn't know what to do with that. So I compartmentalized. I made it work. Um, but ultimately, for me, it was doing the work. And that work was messy and that work was hard and that work took years. And I'm still doing that work. I strive to be better tomorrow than I was today. And I think for me, the biggest game changer was me being willing. And I, that is the key word right there. I was willing to look at myself, look at the role I played in that situation, whatever the situation was, right? And say, what have I done in this situation? And what can I do to change it? Because I can't control Crystal. I can't control what Crystal thinks about what's coming out of my mouth. I can't control Crystal's reaction to me. I can't control what Crystal thinks about me. But I can control Kathleen. I can control how I show up for Crystal. I can control what I say to Crystal. And really just like parking my ass in my own lane. Right. Like, and that sounds so basic, but like stay in your lane, man, like clean up your space, clean up your area, right. Clean your office. It's not my job to clean crystal's office. It's my job to clean my office. Right. And those were really hard lessons to learn. And I stuck my foot in my mouth a million times and you damn well know it. And so like, like, I mean, it ultimately came down to me being willing to look at myself, look at my side of the street, look at the things that I can control and be willing to say, how can I make this better? How can I show up better? How can I do better? What can I learn from this? Instead of saying, why would you do that why would you ask me that what are you doing answer the question they probably have a point right like what what, you don't even know where they're going with it they may not even understand any of the words that just came out of your mouth right Like, (laughs) oh
0: this is i'm like my body is tingling like slow tears like one tear two tears just the emotions because you said so much and i know i'm not gonna be able to repeat it all but i celebrate you for that whole process that you did just now that you just gave us was it was beautiful it was so true and i saw myself in much of what you shared because we're not taught feelings literally i have a feelings wheel on my water cup how are you feeling today kathleen i'm fine Fun is not a feeling. It's not. I'm good. Good is not a feeling. Chris, what are you talking about? So I'm looking at my cup right now. We have surprise. We have happy. We have sad. We have disgust, anger, fear, um, confused, amazed, joyful. Those are feelings. So when you mentioned the death from many years ago, I can't imagine how many people are experiencing that because I started thinking about people I've lost. I'm like, did I actually process it? I do think as I got older. Anyways, uh, that'll probably be another episode. i maybe processed it a little bit more. Like even the death of our dog, for me, it was not just forgetting him. I wanted to honor him. And any dog I saw, Kathleen, so our dog, his name was Coco. When I was growing up in high school, he was a poodle. We named him Coco, but he was white, which... Ugh, we were kids you know like everyone's like is he brown It's like no he's white and they're like what but you said coke i was like oh wait a minute coconut maybe yeah. <laughs> oh, no. there we go but any dog i saw like oh coco me communicating his thing and when i saw a dog provided me peace and i was able to process it i don't know why my youngest sister for her getting a dog a new dog and i remember having the conversation with her like how dare you disrespect coco's name like he's only been dead for like months her coping was to have that companionship but i didn't know at the time i was judging the f out of her (laughs) because that's what i do best but i'm actually not i do not honor that because i like you said I have to stay in my lane and I learned through that it was whenever we're trying to fix other people analyze other people what do we get to avoid by messing around with them what are we avoiding in our own life oh I hate my job and I'm scared to tell my spouse that I want to leave right oh I can't handle this job am I weak oh I'm a flip-flop because Now, I used to sell Arbonne products, but now I'm doing a coaching business. What are you doing? Oh, and now you got a podcast? I am now doing the things that bring me joy. Joy is on the family's wheel. And joy is not happy, it is the knowing. Basically, what I think you mentioned, maybe you didn't, maybe I'm just thinking things. Things will be because I can control what I can control, but I can't control other people. And that's, what happens to other people, the state of the world, I can make an impact, but I have to make sure I'm good at first.
1: Right, and and I think for me, um, a huge piece of that too, right, was, was letting go, right? Because we hold on to all of that shit. We carry all of that, all of it, right? And I remember saying like, well, the world is on my shoulders. Who asked the world to be on your shoulders, <laughs> Kathleen?
0: Hey Kathleen, can you hold the world real quick?
1: right did 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 the universe say you are the one no and i remember one day i was sitting in my office and i literally was sitting in my office crying And i remember saying to myself inhale the universe exhale kathleen (laughs) Ah. because i was just like we we gotta we gotta we gotta get some new energy in here we we gotta this ain't working so what what is going to work? I think that is a problem many, especially women, but it's not exclusive to women. But I, I think especially women feel like this isn't working. What am I doing wrong? Yes. It's not what you're doing wrong. Come come at it from another angle. Okay, this isn't working. Try another way. Oh, the the window's locked. Okay, is there a door? Right? Like, yes. it's so simple. But I, I think that, at least for me, it's like, You're conditioned to think if this didn't work right the first time and you didn't do this perfectly, it's a you problem. It's not a you problem. Sometimes it's the approach. Sometimes it's the people around you. Sometimes, you know, it's what in this situation is not serving you.
0: Yes. And we, I, I'm so filled. Oh, I feel just so honored and thankful that you were able to have this conversation with me. Like, how do you, and I'll wrap, we can wrap it up after this, but how do you consciously unstuck yourself? What are the things that you implemented in your life to keep you unstuck?
1: I think one of the biggest things is taking a breath. And and that is so, you know, I used to look at people that would say, oh, just take the time to take a breath. Why, why don't you just, you know, marinate on that for a bit? And I was like, fuck you like, get out of here. Like, what? Get a grip, man, like this woo woo shit. And now I'm the most woo woo bitch. I'm, (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I hated my job. I did. I hated my job. I hated every second of it. I was miserable. And I was vocally miserable, like inappropriately vocally miserable, right? Like, I was applying to jobs and applying to jobs and I interviewed five times for this one job and I was like oh I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get this shit this gonna be perfect this is exactly what I need blah blah blah. meanwhile I had applied to this job because it was open not because it was necessarily what I wanted to do but through these five interviews I convinced myself that this is it this is gonna be my ticket oh I gotta have it and then I didn't get the job and I was like the fuck dare you interview you five five times and reject me like let's talk about a big ego right like, <laughs> like what yes what? that no and i remember just handing it over and and that to me has been a big piece i'm trying to like fix manage and control all these things and i'm holding it so tight and and that doesn't work let it go i gotta give it up and for me that's not God and and that's fine for me that's the universe for me that is something that is not me right it doesn't matter what you call it it doesn't matter what you think about it sometimes it's crystal sometimes it's other women you know sometimes it's my husband sometimes it's my doll sometimes it's these gorgeous leaves and the way the sun comes through them right like as long as it's not me i gotta give it up and that's been a huge thing for me is just believing in something that's not me. Believing in something I can't see. Believing in something I can't describe, right? Yes. And and that's what I mean when I say, like, let's inhale the universe, right? Like, we gotta gotta get some new energy in here. And so for me, that has been a a massive, massive game changer for when I feel stuck on that day-to-day is, okay, well, let's give it up. I can't control this. (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna do what's best for me and we're gonna move on. Mm,
0: that's good that is because all of that is is connected for me universe energy light god love it's the same nature being around water this burst of energy just looking at water like our a clubhouse has like water around it and they they have swings now (sighs) i walked my dog yesterday and we just sat and he was looking at the geese and i was like this is just It is a refueling. So like you say, breathe. Breathing could be walking in the neighborhood. Breathing could be riding your bike. Breathing could be cooking your favorite whatever. Breathing could be meditating. Breathing could be take a fucking nap. Right. Breathing could be talking.
1: Can we normalize that? Yes. Yes. I mean, sometimes you just need a break. Turn it off. Turn it off. Because I mean, I think getting stuck. In my mind, it's such a mental thing. You're so up here and those wheels are turning and you're forcing them to churn. You're forcing so hard. and You're like, yeah, and like for me, sometimes it even goes back to, you know, what you said to me that day, right? Like we're at work one day, I'm having a hard time. I done pissed off this old lady. I didn't mean to like, <laughs> and I'm like, Crystal, I don't understand, like, why can't she just do her job? And I don't understand why she doesn't realize that I can't drop everything for her. And I remember you looked at me and you said, Kathleen, stick to the facts. And that has stuck with me to today, right? Like, stick to the facts. Okay, I'm in a sterile procedure. I can't take a break right now. Can you please sit that on the counter? Let the patient know I'll get to them as soon as possible. I can't give you a time frame right now, right? Like, stick to the facts. And that has served me so well, right? Because then I'm not I'm not having this emotional response. I'm not having this can you just get out, right? You know, it and that emotional response can be so ugly. You know, you're like resentful at yourself for being ugly.
0: Because <laughs> that's Can you thing. just keep going. You just keep yes. going. But <laughs> this little hamster wheel.
1: <laughs> you you hit it on
0: the head when you said stick to the facts because if you throw the emotions in it and you're not able to process your emotions, you can't even name them. Oh, you just went chaotic. You're like, I'm feeling shit. God damn it, ah! Like, yeah. it, it comes out that way because you don't even know how to process it. But you mentioning the facts, this is what it is. You can't control the other person, but you're also not trying to control yourself in the situation. You're just like, hey, this is what's happened. I'm sitting in the chair. Kathleen is on the camera, and we're talking. I'm not like, oh, Kathleen, my, my Bluetooth wasn't working. And then I got really mad at, Like i had to let that go when it first happened when we first got on it that happened but we're here now these are the facts now and i want people to recognize in my study for uh becoming a certified coach we talk about energy and level one energy is that victim that it is that oh why is this happening to me why is this but that feeling you're tired so if you're excessively tired You're probably on that victim scale of everything's happened to me. Nothing will go my way. I can't do this. Every time I try to do that, take a step back and breathe. And you breathing will bring you up to just another level, but you're not in that tiredness of that victim stage. And that is just beautiful, the way you put that. Y'all breathe and and listen to this podcast again. (laughs) adore you i appreciate you i'm so thankful for you i'm thankful that the universe brought those words out of your mouth to us today i needed to hear it and i look forward to what we both create with this new knowing and continuously unstucking ourselves because we're not perfect we're human so what do you want to end with? Because I don't know if your if your Instagram is private or public, but
1: it is private, yeah. Um All right, I so think... y'all
0: leave her alone then. No. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: no, I, I think ultimately for me one, just thank you for listening, right? Like it's still a new concept to me that someone might want to hear what I have to say. Yes. Um that's so new, right? this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to even operate on this level. Right. It's dope. It's cool. Um, for me, the biggest takeaway is, you know, how is this serving you? Right. What is benefiting you from the circumstance, this action, this reaction, this inaction, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I recently said to someone else, like, I feel like I'm experiencing the consequences of my own actions right now. You know, like that stupid TikTok. And she looked at me and she said, you mean the consequences of your inactions? And I was like, job, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I I think, I mean, those are equal things, right? Your actions or your, your non actions, right? I think for me, you know, just thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. Um, and, you know, keep listening to Crystal, because you say saying some dope shit. Yay! And I've never said dope before, and you say it all the time, and it's now <laughs> becoming part of my language, so
0: thank you. <laughs> I love you, and you are dope, and this is what the podcast is created for, the constant connection. You reached out to me on Instagram, that's where it started. Just you appreciating what I was posting, didn't even know. And then our conversation kept going. and I was like, oh, I have to have her on because you gave me something I didn't think I needed or was even looking for. And that is the beauty of this life. You gotta learn to let it in though, gotta let it in. And thank you for allowing me to let it in and allow my listeners to listen. Cause Kathleen is dope y'all. And I'm gonna share comments that you shared with me about her because I want to keep this energy going. So please share it. And thank you, Kathleen. I love you. you. Bye. Bye. Like I mentioned on our first interview episode, we are doing something new. I'm asking each of my Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons podcast guests to create their very own unique unstuck affirmations. Here are Kathleen's unstuck affirmations. Enjoy.
1: I practice unstucking myself by doing things that I say I will do and following through timely, unlike the timely delivery of these unstuck quotes to Crystal. <laughs> I am unstuck when I look for growth and my mind is open to new things. I unstuck myself by trusting my instincts and addressing my role in potential conflict. I stay unstuck by embracing vulnerability and asking for help even when it's tough. I practice unstucking myself by looking inward and sitting with tough emotions.
0: that's a wrap peeps for our time with kathleen for our special interview episode i'm liking these but would love to hear from you so hit me up on instagram at crystal clear purposes with a black thumbs up and details about your favorite part in this interview episode. I'm making it difficult for some of y'all to see if y'all really are Pete from Crystal Town. So choose the black thumbs up. (laughs) No, but for real. What aha moments have y'all been having? I know a few of y'all be having full out conversations with me as you listen to the Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons podcast, riding in your car, cooking, showering, whatever. But it's really, really dope because you can feel my energy directed towards you to tap into your own superpower so i'm doing something right so here are today's unstuck questions and gems that were shared number one who knows what you want to do with your life at the age of 16 or 17 when we can barely decide what to eat for dinner day after day give yourself grace Number two, how many times in life do we accept advice or accept judgment from people who have no idea where we want to go, nor have they even accomplished what we are seeking to accomplish? Number three, if no one has asked for your help, why are you creating chaos, more work, stress for yourself? Number four, why are you fighting with yourself? You've created this entire narrative in your head. That's not even true. Number five, did you know you can ask for what you want and need? Number six, sometimes our first introduction to a situation sets the foundation for what we like and don't like, which limits us from many other perspectives. That's why being curious is so important. Kathleen's first experience working at a hospital was sit down, shut up, and go home, which was the complete opposite of her second experience. Stay curious. Number seven, you can't expect to change if you are not willing to do the work to change. Meaning, stop repeating the same actions and expecting a different result. hmm Number eight. You also can't expect to change if you're not ready. And being ready looks different for everybody. Number nine. Sometimes it's not a you problem, but maybe it's the approach or the people you're around. And sometimes it requires some awareness of what's not serving you in those situations. Number ten. You can change. As Kathleen mentioned, she looked at others who took their time to breathe, assess their situation, and gave themselves grace in life. And she said, get the F out of here with that. But now she titles herself as the most woo-woo Grinch ever. My loyal listeners will catch on to that. Number 11, stick to the facts. In doing so, you'll be able to respond rather than react. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, rate, leave a review of this podcast to boost and highlight the work we are putting in together to raise the energy of others, build a safe space to grow and honor our voices and stories through it all. Sending you love and light through this mic as you write your unstuck questions and gems to turn your actions into wins. Until then, stay unstuck, y'all. Bye.